1: I've said it time and again that I have been blessed to have some amazing role models, mentors, and friends in my life as a result of athletics. And I love how fortunate I am to be able to share their journeys and keys to success and their professional careers with you many years after the ball stopped bouncing. Our guest today just happens to be one of those people, Claude Royster. Claude was a very significant role model, mentor, and friend, Early in my playing career in high school, Claude and I go back, let me share a little bit of a backstory with you. Claude and I go back to his freshman year at our alma mater, Palatine High School, which would have put me in seventh grade. And that was 1982, not to, to date either one of us. And there's no dating Claude, because if you, if you saw him today, he looks like he can still play every down in a college football game. Okay. So Claude, why did I, why did I admire Claude? It's the same reason he is such a success in business. Now it's, it was just his demeanor, the way he carried himself, uh, his selflessness. I mean, he would do anything his coaches asked of him. He was a great teammate. Uh, I love the way he treated people off the floor with me being two years younger. I mean, he, he just had this thing about him that, you wanted to emulate. And, and a lot of it was his warrior mentality. I mean, an absolute warrior mentality on the court, on the football field. So I, I have not been shocked at all by the success he has had uh, in his professional career in the business world. And, and so, what's Claude doing now? Well, Claude is vice president of client development for Synchrony Financial, where he is responsible for the strategy and asset growth within their music. And sport industry credit card programs now those programs that he is in charge of have a portfolio size of get this one billion that's billion with the B one billion dollars in annual sales Claude partners with cross-functional stakeholders to develop strategies to drive profitable sales and revenue growth and obviously the return on investment the ROI he leads new client implementations periodic planning sessions reporting communications. Portfolio profitability analysis. Now try saying that 10 times real fast. Portfolio profitability analysis. Operational training and product management, all the while leading a high-performing sales team. And that's just what Claude's a part of uh, his entire career is high-performing teams. Okay, what are we gonna talk about today? Well, I'm gonna tell you what, get your pen and notebook ready because we're gonna talk about his personal brand, okay? That's just something we got into uh, through the conversation and his personal brand is live, love, and lead. Live every moment, love beyond words, and laugh every day. And we talk about where that came from and how he lives that out every single day. And Claude's going to share with us why it is important for a leader to personalize the experience for his or her team. The significance of having a vested interest in your people as a leader. Why it is important to have a clear definition of Of success as a leader. Claude talks about one of the things he did early on was define success and how it looks and feels to him. And then he's going to share with us the importance of believing in yourself as a leader and having the ability to leverage that belief to make the decision to course correct when necessary. And there's a whole lot more. So go ahead and enjoy this unbelievable episode with Claude Royster. Claude, thank you for so much for joining us today on the Athletics of Business podcast. This has been a long time coming. It's well overdue, and I am humbled and fired up to have you join us today.
0: Hey, well, thank you. I, I know we've talked about it, and now we're making it real. So I'm I'm really excited about it. So uh, let's, let's let's get at it.
1: Absolutely. Let's jump right into it. Claude, tell us about your role as VP of Client Development at Synchrony Bank, what you do.
0: Sure. So I've been with uh, Synchrony now for the last four years, and um, VP of Sales, and my responsibilities are simply... Uh, I, I work with in, in two different distinct industries. One is the music industry, as well as the sport industry, which comprises of several different types of sports enthusiasts. Whether it's sport bikes, whether it's fitness equipment, um, uh, outdoor uh, sporting activities, things like that. So I, I build relationships with retail uh, locations across the country, basically establishing um, retail financing programs. So. A lot of their items for the enthusiasts tend to be bigger tickets, um, you know, a couple thousand dollars. So we provide them with uh, the means to be able to finance those products uh, on our on our cards and uh, really drive those customers back to those retail locations. So in um, an industry, for. Uh, almost 30 years now. So, um, <laughs> But yeah, it's been, I've been doing this basically since I got out of college. So, uh, it's very exciting. And, um, you know, Synchrony is obviously an awesome company to work for. So I'm very excited to be here.
1: So speaking of college, you, you played, you played college football in Northern Illinois. Um, yep. you, you get done with your, 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 playing days. And we were just talking before we started, uh, the podcast that you, you had some sniffs from the NFL, you had some potential opportunities but you knew that it was time to take the next step, right? Like you knew your body was shutting down and it was time to take the next step. Did you have any idea this is what you'd be doing 30 years later?
0: Actually it was. Uh, you know, I had always aspired to be uh, in the business world and, uh, you know, coming out of high school, I played, um, I was, um, two sports and played basketball and football where I had an opportunity, fortunately for me to be able to go to, uh, you know, school that I wanted to, but, uh, um, I, you know, I, I ultimately chose uh, football and, you know, I was, you know, I wasn't, you know, I'm much heavier now than when of my playing days, but at, at the same time, you know, uh, I didn't have the athletic ability to, to really take it to that next level. Um, so, you know, it was easy, it was an easy decision for me um, to get myself prepared for what's next for Claude, which was the business world. So, uh, you know, it really wasn't a tough decision, you know. I had, a, I had a great career in college, but at the same time, um, knowing that, you know, that was really the ceiling for me.
1: So you, gra- you graduate from college, you graduate from Northern. Take us through your journey to get to VP of Client Development and Synchrony.
0: Sure. So uh, right out of college, I uh, came back to the, um, the Northwest suburbs and ultimately, um, you know, just really started looking for a job. And my first job was actually... Uh, with a company called Household Retail Services. It was my first full-time job. So um, they hired me on to be an um, underwriter for uh, retail uh, finance. So I actually wound up underwriting motorcycle loans for the likes of Harley Davidson, Suzuki, Kawasaki, all of those guys. And uh, it was a great experience. And, um, you know, I was fortunate enough that... Uh, the leadership saw potential in me early on, and they placed me in a management leadership program. Um, and this is really my first exposure to executives across the organization and working on different assignments, reporting back out to the leadership team, and really starting to build a brand and get that exposure to um, the business world. And um, you know, during that time, I was actually uh, promoted to a supervisor of the underwriting team, so uh, started my journey into the managing, um, part of the business and managing people. Um, so I, I did that for about a year. I, I graduated from the, um, from the management leadership program and, um, uh, had a second promotion come up within two years in which they moved me over to the revolving side of the house, which is consequently what I'm doing today. Um. So I ultimately wound up um, overseeing a group of 50 underwriters that basically underwrote all the different industries, whether it's furniture, electronics, jewelry, et cetera. So I uh, had the opportunity to, to lead people and ultimately um, you know try to provide mentorship and um, help them improve their responsibilities. Um, did that for a couple years and then I moved over within same House, still Household. Uh, a couple years later, I moved over to merchant services, which really is just really servicing clients, whether you're onboarding a new client or whether you're supporting or, uh, managing a relationship with an existing client, just really helping to help facilitate the experience for those clients and really make sure that things went smoothly from a program perspective. Um, Six years in, uh, I had an opportunity to take a, a, what I considered to be a pretty bold step in my early 20s, which was to move to uh, Minnesota to help start up a uh, retail car program with a company called Green Tree. Um, I had never moved. I had never been out of state uh, outside of playing football. So to me, one, it, it was scary and at the same time, it was pretty exciting uh, because you know, I had I, I had an opportunity, one, obviously, to make more money, but more importantly, to gain more experience. So I uh, took a leap of faith, moved up to Minnesota, and um, <laughs> it, it was it was a very interesting experience in the sense that uh, I, 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 had, I had no damn idea what I was getting myself into. And I walked in, I'm <laughs> thinking, okay, I'm going to start up this, this program. I get to my desk, and there are 20 binders on the desk. Uh, what they didn't tell me is that when they said startup, it was starting from the ground up, meaning that I had to do the coding, I had to do work with IT folks. I, I was way over my head, uh, to be honest with you. I, I just, you know, I did it, but I was way over my head. But you know, the, the thing that was intriguing about it is, you know, I could have I could have ran away and you know ran away from the opportunity to learn, but I took it as an opportunity to. To really learn the business from the ground up, and as I started doing this quote-unquote coding, as well as building out this infrastructure for a credit card platform, I started learning things that I just had no clue about. And right. to me, it, it, it's it's awesome, you know. And I look at that from a sports perspective, you know, it, it's all preparation for where you're going, you're trying to go, and it's these mm-hmm. little small steps that you need to take to learn. Really, um, it's like learning plays, you know. I don't need to, be, you know, it's like you know, football or any other sport, everybody has a pivotal role, and all these things come together to formulate what we, what we know as a team. That's what this was. You know, I'm building out a platform that ultimately is going to be sold out to clients that are going to help them drive and grow the business. So it allowed me to put the pieces together, and I did it. <laughs> it took it took about six months to six months to a year to get it off the ground. But fortunately, now that same platform thirty years ago is part of the infrastructure of the company that I'm with right now, which is Synchrony because Synchrony ultimately Green GreenTree. So all of this stuff played out mm-hmm. uh, in my favor. So uh, pretty, pretty exciting stuff.
1: So tell us about Synchrony. Tell us about the culture of the organization.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you, you know, we have, um, I'll just, uh, Margaret Keene is our CEO uh, of the company and, um, what I I have so much respect for her in the, uh, in the sense that you know I had opportunities to talk to her a few times and, and learn about her journey. And what's inspiring to me is that her journey is very similar to mine, in that she started with Citi in call centers and worked her way up to becoming uh, a great leader, a uh, great CEO, and really setting us up for our future. Um, so. You know, she's building a culture around her of leaders um, that are visionaries um, that stand behind the principles of the company, as well as really trying to bring forward other leaders within the company. So uh, it's really exciting one to be a part of it, but to to watch it all unfold. And uh, I've had the privilege of seeing the the diversity that is taking place within our organization. I know that's very cliche-ish, but when I when I see what's happening in our business, there's a very concentrated effort of bringing diversity and inclusion into the business. Um, and that's exciting to me because, you know, that's where you're going to get a lot of your ideas. Your differences are not necessarily all of the Differences can be an advantage uh, yeah. in our space. So I think bringing that together and having... You know, a mixture of people from all different backgrounds, races, uh, etc., cetera, um, all focused on one common goal. I think that's one of the things that really excites me about the organization and has allowed us to be successful with it.
1: I think that's awesome. And one of the things we talk about a lot on this podcast, and I work with a lot of my clients, is creating that culture and that environment that's safe, not soft, but safe. In other words, you can get outside your comfort zone, right? And that's one of the challenges with inclusion, you bring all these different, you know, folks in different backgrounds and what have you, and they need to get outside their comfort zone, A, showing up to work every day in, in, in an environment they might not be used to, and B, taking those risks and, and maybe failing, but, but embracing the fact that they're going to learn from that, they're going to grow through adversity, and they know they have a team of people that will support them. How do you go about at Synchrony doing that with your people?
0: Um, I think we, we have a couple of different things that we do. So we have what we call diversity networks. They're all part of this body, which is called E&I. So it's, it's 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 diversity and inclusion. But it, it, nonetheless, we have different networks that uh, work individually and collectively. So I'll give you an example. We have um, a Hispanic network, we have an AAN or African American network, we have uh, LB, I, I always screw this up, LBGTQ network. Um, we, have, we, just, we just recently added an Indian network. Um, so we have, we have about eight distinct networks that work individually, but both collaboratively. And again, that's, you know, you could, I'll use the African-American network, which I'm a part of, but it doesn't necessarily, that's not an exclusive network. Um, in fact, the leader or the executive sponsor of the network is a Caucasian, you know, and then that's that's good for everyone because we're learning about each other and it, it's inviting ideas from outside in and, and vice versa. So um, those are the kind of things that we try to focus on to make sure that we're bringing forth um, you know people that aren't afraid to step out of their own skin. Uh, you're going to learn a lot about yourself, but more importantly, you're going to learn about a lot about the people you work with and the culture that you're trying to embrace
1: um, within the Synchrony organization. So it's been pretty exciting. That's cool. And one of the things um, you, know, you talk about is making a positive impact uh, with your clients and your customers, right? And, and we talk a lot about we want to make things uh, transformational, relationships transformational, not transactional. And In your industry, that's not always the easiest thing to do. What are some of the ways you're, in, or some some of the things that you're intentional about with your clients as you you sit down and you start to connect and you start to build out these relationships? How do you go about doing that?
0: I think I think two things that are very very important for me. One is to listen. Um, I think you always have to listen and understand the needs of your clients in order to affect those those needs. Uh, and then, and then being transparent. Um, you know, I've been doing this business for a lot, a lot of years and uh, uh, transparency and authenticity are very very important. You know, you know, you always hear the word, the customer's always right. Uh, I don't necessarily believe that, but I also <laughs> try to figure out ways to yeah. to make things right and what's best and having that, respect for one another and and really focusing on the common goal and the common good, I think are are really what prevails at the end. But I think, you know, for me, it's really just trying to listen and understand. If I don't understand what my client's strategic goals are, both short and long-term, how can I help them get there? And I think that's part of the process, is really trying to get in deep with the clients and understand and build relationships. How do we impact the customers in their bottom line and then take those back to the lab and build strategies that are going to allow them to be successful because their success is my success.
1: I've got to think there are times when you sit down and you start peeling away the onion, so to speak, with clients, like really trying to get to what their needs are. Um, It's going to be a case by case basis. Have there there been some times when it's a little bit more challenging than others? And when, when that's the case, you know, what's your approach with them?
0: Hey, there's been times where I've gotten kicked out of the room. <laughs> 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 um, so, yeah, there, there's, there's, there's definitely times like that. Um, you, you know, and, and again, it's starting to respect. It, it, as long as you're respecting one another, um, you, you, you really just have to focus. You, you always go back to what's the goal? What's the purpose and what's the vision? What are we trying to achieve together? Um, we may have to take a different path to get there, but at the end of the day, that's where the focus should be. Um, and then, at times, we've had to bring in outside consultants to try to help bridge the gap. But over my career, I think you know you really have to stay focused on you know what's the prize, what what's 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 success look like for the business, and how do we collaborate together to get there. Um, and it's not always easy. I mean, sometimes it's just, it's just a dogfight, but the reality of it is we're both here for a very specific reason, which is to profitably grow each other's business. And that's, that's really the end game. You
1: you talked a little bit about authenticity. and, And when I work with my clients, whether it be the executive coaching clients, the corporate clients, I break that down into honesty. In other words, being honest with yourself, integrity, uh, in the sense that your, your values and behaviors are aligned and not just with the, you know, your own values and, and, and behaviors, but also the company's values. And you, you sent me something and that's one of the great things. I get to know each guest so well, but obviously you and I go way back, but you sent something to me when we are preparing for the podcast. And one of the questions on there was, what is your brand? And you said, live, love, and laugh, live every moment, love beyond words, laugh every day. Tell me how that lines up with the, with the culture at Sanctuary and the way you go about doing things with your clients and customers
0: absolutely so you know that's that's something that's really stuck with me um and those that know me um that are friends with me on facebook i i, I wear this i wear this hat it, it, it's, it's it's called this company called black cloak um getting a little commercial here but it'll, it'll get absolutely you um, we got to
1: make sure this recording gets in their hands, by the way. Absolutely. And and (laughs) the the
0: brand is Black Clover, and their slogan is Live Lucky. Uh, But it embodies what I try to um, actively portray every day in my life, you know, live love and laugh, you know you know i i wake up every morning feeling blessed because i woke up (laughs) you know so um you know but more importantly every day is an opportunity and i try to seize every moment i can in terms of um you know being a better person being a better husband being a better father being a better um corporate partner Uh, all of these things are things that i think about and um i i reflect on and, and to ensure so you know but but there's more to life than just work you know I, I try to have a good balance in life and our company tries to focus on on balance in terms of uh, really just um, you know it's you, we work and we play and we have fun you should enjoy what you're doing otherwise why are you doing it and I've been doing this for 30 years and um, you know there are a lot of people around me who've been doing it even longer and we love what we do and we we try to present that passion internally and externally with our clients, and I think that's one of the reasons why we've been so successful is that we we live those values, um, and you know love what you do, and uh, you know whether it's um, you know all the functions, some some of our, some of the responsibilities, they're thankless. You know, you know you have somebody who's serving a customer day in and day out, um, but. You know, they do it because they love it. They love making the customer feel satisfied when they get on the phone and they're answering their inquiry or solving a problem or addressing any needs that they have. You have to embody that in order to be successful because you're the first perception that that consumer is going to have when they're on the phone. And if you can resolve that the first time, trust me. You know, with all the different medias we have today, social media, if it's a shitty experience, guess what? It's all over social media. If it's a great experience, that could be on social media from a different perspective. So you have to make sure and keep that in perspective and then laugh you know. I, I, you know one thing I told my you gotta laugh not just laugh outwardly but laugh inward laugh yourself. you know I, I do a lot of stupid things you know <laughs> you know, but at the same time, you know I, you, you know I I'll try to be good natured. and that's our culture is. You know, we try to share each other's experiences, and uh, we we laugh. We, you know, we work hard, but we also play, and we also enjoy each other as as people, as 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 friends. You know, my boss, he's he's a great boss, but he's also a good friend. He's somebody that I feel like I could go and talk to if I had something going on in my life that um, I needed to share with someone, and that's that's similar. That's how I lead in terms of uh, my values. So people that work for me who have worked for me or peers, I try to embody those, uh, and project that out to them as well.
1: You know, and it's interesting. You just said something that really resonated with me because when, you, when, when we were playing, right, we always heard, you know, if you take care of things off the court, you'll take care of things on the court. Now we live in this this day and age where there is no personal life and, and business. I mean, our, our our worlds are one. They just blend together. So, you know, people want to have a good job. They want to have a job, which is, is, is awesome. They want to have a job that has meaning and that has purpose and know that they're important and what they do is important. So can you talk to me a little bit about, about how you're able to, get your people to to buy into the fact that you know they can trust you that you have the ability to be vulnerable. In other words, let's say there might be a gap in 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 a solution. Like here's what you know, here's what you need to know to come to a solution. But you you are able to make yourself vulnerable and 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 talk to your people. In other words, how do you express to your people that you're human? Like the things we just talked about, able to laugh at yourself, you know, you 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 have to balance your personal life and your business life. How do you how do you go about doing that? Um, you
0: know, that's a great question. So, uh, I, I a couple of different ways that, you know, for people that actually work for me, um, it, you know, part of that is I, I like to set up, uh, time kind of one-on-one to really personalize the experience with my people so that they one feel like I'm a person that one, they can respect and they, they trust, uh, but more importantly, I want them to know that, you know, we're in this together. You know, that we're a team. Uh, I may be your boss, but as far as I'm concerned, we're on the same team and our peers, and I'm, I'm going to work with you because, again, your success is also my success, and I have a vested interest in my people to make sure that they are successful in everything they do. And, uh, you know, part of that trust is, you know, I have to walk the talk. I have to help break down barriers that are getting in the way of progress, getting in the way of success. Um, I also have to be very clear in defining what success looks like um, based on where the organization is going. So providing that guidance to my team and having that regular feedback loop with them to make sure they know that you know they're on course, they're going above and beyond, or if they're off course. I have to course correct and make sure that they're doing the things they need to do to be successful. Um, you know, and the same thing with clients. Um, you know, to me, you know, communication is the the key to driving and forging those relationships forward and, you know, again, establishing clear and concise goals, regularly monitoring those goals and having a feedback loop with them so that if we do have to pivot, of course, correct, at least it's still pushing us forward. And if we fall, we're going to fall forward, we're going to fall fast, and we're going to keep moving.
1: I love that. Now. It- Let's talk about mentors for a second because a lot of things are going through my head that you just said. Who have been some important mentors to get you to this point? Because I mean all of this stuff is just it, it's so powerful and you say it with such conviction. It's obviously something that you live every single day. Who who's made a big impact in your business career? And it could even go back to athletic coaches.
0: Well, um, <laughs> You know, I was going to say you—you you already know one. He happens to be your father, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, you, you know. I, I can tell you, you know, you know, growing up in a in a single parent parent home um, was a challenge, you know. And for me, um, you know, I I moved from you know er, early age, moved out from Chicago to to Palatine, and you know, obviously culture shock, um, you know. And you know, this is a funny thing, true story. You probably don't even know this, but I was a baseball player. <laughs> when I first started out. I, I was probably better at baseball than any other sport. <laughs> um no kid yeah, I was uh you know, I was pretty damn good. Um, uh, but you know, nonetheless, <laughs> um you know, I, I, I transitioned um into basketball games really had nothing, really didn't know enough about um, you know, palatine or their sports programs. Um and my mom wouldn't even let me play football until I was a sophomore in college. <laughs> oh, i <I'm> sorry, <laughs> sophomore, sophomore <laughs> in high school, you know, I had to beg to, to play football, but, um, uh, you know, y- your dad was, and, and coach Joe Patrica were, they were, they were not just mentors, but they're father figures uh, for me. And, and, um, the life lessons that I learned from them, that's, th- that's not about sports. That's about life. And, and, um, uh, you know, it's funny because you reflect back on that, you know, 35 plus years, I was young and dumb. I didn't, you know, I, I understood enough, but when you really reflect back on what coaches were saying to me and the team around uh, work ethics, setting goals, having vision, you know, working hard, and, you know, all those different things, they, they resonate now more than ever because those are the same principles and values that have allowed me to be successful in my life and doesn't matter what I'm doing all of that's applicable whether it's in work whether it's in my family life anything it, it's all applicable to me and uh it, it, there's a quote that um your dad said um you know in practice and I don't know who said it I'm, I'm terrible with names but very very simple if it is to be it's up to me and um you know that's something that has always stuck with me because at the end of the day the one person I always have to be able to count on is myself Again, right. um, you know. In a, in a family where it's predominantly women, um, nothing against that, but, you know, not having a lot of male role models. I was the first one in my family to get a college degree. So, you know, I wouldn't be where I am today without, um, you know, Eddie Mauser and and uh, Joe Petricka. And, you know, fast forward that I've always tried to gravitate towards mentors that, you know, that that, that give you that tough love so to speak, that give you the kick in the ass when you need it. Um, you know, that that, that realness about them. And that's that's something that I've always had. Um and, and I've always appreciated. And um and, as as we as we talked about mentors, um, you know, one of one of the my mentor, first mentors, is a gentleman by name Mike Rafferty. He works for uh he worked for Household Capital One now. But he he was a fantastic mentor, you know, we, we had a common bond in that we both played college football. He played at North Dakota State um, it was like Division II, but he, uh, they're a powerhouse, but uh, great, great guy. Um, and, you know, he taught me about the business and uh, really how, how we make money in the business. You know, it's one thing to do your job when I mean, you're 21 years old. I think you're concerned about his damn paycheck. <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> you know, I don't know not how the company makes money, but how am I going to make money? Yeah, but, um, you know, he really taught me how to um, learn the business and how the business makes money, and you know, nobody really took the time to do that. And he really pushed me to to not only leverage my leadership skills, but also immerse myself in learning the business from the ground up, and uh, that that's. You know those
1: those guys have been tremendous to me in terms of where I am today. How important? and I'm going somewhere with this. How important is trust to you in leadership?
0: Uh, it's it's critical. I, I think if if you don't have trust in someone, um, I think it, 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 you you wind up questioning everything about what that person says. Um, you you lose clarity on the vision. Um, but if that person is trustworthy, and um, I think that it's going to one, it, it enables me. But it actually motivates me because I know that I have somebody who has my back and is is in it with me for the long haul. So trust is absolutely important, and it, it's 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 hard to build trust, it's very quick to break trust, and um, you always have to remember that when you're when you're talking with people and. Um, working with other people because you, you don't get a lot of second chances once you break that trust. And you have to remember that as you go through life, whether it's work or whether it's in the home front.
1: Yeah. And here's the reason I asked. I mean, obviously, we've talked about that before, but you one of the things that's always impressed me about you from the time you were playing varsity basketball as an underclassman uh, to now you sign with Northern Illinois, right? Go play football. Wide receiver. You're going to have this unbelievable career. You had some of the best hands I've ever seen and there's a coaching change. And now they ask you to do something that you had never done before. Correct. They asked you to play tight end for four mm-hmm. years. All right. All right. I mean, first of all, if that happened nowadays, you'd have probably transferred, well, not you personally, but these kids would transfer five times by now, okay? But you you bit the bullet and you said, okay, this is what they're asking me to do. I mean, where did that come from and how hard was it? How big the challenge was it? And then on the back end of that question, how did that prepare you for the business world?
0: Um. It's interesting. So, I'm still pissed that I didn't get to play receiver. But, um, <laughs> that's i I you,
1: you had some mids on your I, 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 had,
0: I thought I had good hands, but I, I wasn't as quick as some of the other guys on the team. But, but you know, it's, it's interesting. So, um, you know, when I, I got redshirted as a freshman, and, um, you know, during that time, I actually tore up my ankle pretty good. So, um, you know, there was a need for um we needed some depth at the tight end position we ran a wishbone offense uh which is a lot of a lot of running and blocking um and I you know coaches wanted me to put on some weight you know obviously I had the athletic ability to to uh play tight end and move out to a receiver position but you know um if I wanted to get on the field more frequently um you know I had you had an opportunity to play tight end. And, I, you know, to me, it was, sure, it's disappointing because, you know, coming out of high school, you, you, you know, I felt good about myself. But at the same time, I just wanted to play. I wanted to contribute. You know, I felt like I I had the potential to be out on the field. So it wasn't really that difficult of a transition for me. Um, I think the bigger transition for me was, um, you know, in high school, we ran more pro set. And, and then in college, we ran a wishful, um, which is, you have to predominantly run offense, a lot of skill positions. And in the tight end positions, you're doing a lot of blocking. Um, and, you know, think about this. <laughs> I, got, I, I graduated from high school. I was probably 175 at soaking wet. Uh, I had to put on uh, almost 40, 50 pounds to play tight end. And, you know, obviously when you put on that kind of weight, it's going to slow you down. Uh, and, um, but that, that was okay. Um, so I wound up, you know, I wound up blocking a lot in my career. The, the great thing about it is nobody expected me to go a pass. So usually when I went out for a pass, it was over 25 yard catch. So, um, that, that, that was the, that was the only cool part. I just, we didn't throw the ball enough. I found
1: I mean, I know you're not going to give yourself props, so I'm going to do it for you. If I remember correctly, I and mean, I did not look this up, and that that poor, you know, shame on me for not doing this. But I might, ha- I might nail this. You had four catches your senior year, all four for touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. There you go. How about that? Yep. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah that's, I mean, that's that's exactly right, and that's uh, that's that's. I mean, that's the beauty of the offense. Uh, but you know, I I you know, I was rewarded to go out and catch a couple of passes. But you know what? Reality, what was exciting about me is, you know, my junior year, we were the leading rushing team in the country. You know, back in those days, you had the Oklahomas of the world. You had all these powerhouse teams, and we were the leading rushing team in the country, just a small school out in the cornfields at DeKalb, Illinois. We had a great team. We had a great offense. We we're 9-2. and two. We got screwed on bowl. We didn't get to do a bowl game because we weren't in a conference. But you know what? It was one of the proudest moments I and mean, I love those guys to death because you know we set ourselves up for success and uh, we had a fantastic year a great quarterback it's just a great team but um, I, I you know i, I embrace everything about uh, you know the position um knowing that you know I wanted to play a role in our success and you know fortunately my teammates and my coaches, saw that and I was blessed with being voted captain my senior year, which to me is just, you know, you talk about trust and respect. And, you know, I think by, hopefully I lived up to those based on what I did on and off the field.
1: Well, and it speaks volumes about you and and, and being a part of something bigger than yourself and and accepting, you know, accepting the role they gave you and then maximizing your ability inside of, of that role. One of the things that, I know you and I bond on and we, we, we talk about is having a culture worth fighting for, right? In, in, in football or basketball, those are your brothers. There, there is love. You, you, you love each other. You may not always like each other. You may not always get along off the field, but you always have each other's back. And, and you create this culture that the, the great coaches, the great leaders create a culture that's worth fighting for. What are some of the things as a leader that you do with your people?
0: Um, y you, you know, for me, I, I try to um, really, I, I want to learn more about them, not just from a, a professional perspective, but more about them as a person. You know, what are some of the things that make them tick? Um, and, and really immerse myself into that because, you know, I, I don't want to just build successful business people. I want to build successful people. Um, you can put any adjective in front of that you want. But, you know, for me, these, these are people that I'm going to go to battle with day in and day out. So really understanding, you know, what makes them tick, how, you know, what are their goals? uh, How can I be, how can I help them be successful? How can they help me be successful? Uh, I think that's, that's very important, but um, you know, just, just again, being authentic and having, those kind of relationships. I'm a relationship guy, and I love building relationships with people. And just, you know, I, I could sit on the phone for an hour with my uh, one of my uh, employees, and I could talk about everything but business. <laughs> so that's the kind of relationship I want. You know, I obviously have to get back to business, but at the same time, if there's something that's going on, I want them to feel that they can call me anytime and just talk about whatever's
1: on the mind. Right. And speaking of talking to what's ever on your mind, sometimes you need um, that other person, right? That other vantage point, that other nudge. In terms of when we talked a little bit about, uh, before we we started the podcast, working with an executive coach, how significant has that been in your success over the years? Uh,
0: I wouldn't be where I am without executive coaches. It's it's funny because uh, probably 30 minutes before this podcast, I was talking with my mentor. Uh, at synchrony, um, and, and it's funny because this is a person who I've grown up in this career with. We're the same age. Matter of fact, he played basketball at Glenbard North, and we played against each other when your dad was coaching and spent summer league. Oh, in summer crazy. league! So we we've we <laughs> gone, we we follow similar paths, and um, yeah. now he he's he's had a very successful career. He's just moved to a different level, an executive level. So. Uh, He's my mentor, and you know he's somebody one I respect, I trust. I've watched him grow in his role, so uh, we have very similar paths. Um, And so, it's it's to me, it's it's you know, being I'm only four years into synchrony. It's important for me to understand what's going on across the business. How can I build my brand throughout the business and continue? My path to success as well, so um i i tapped tap, tap him on the shoulder and and i I want you to to be my mentor um, you know there's no ego here. this is just about me trying to get better and 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 trying to serve the business and serve our clients, and you're obviously uh making inroads so that's been tremendous help for me uh, not just this example, but I've had many other um um executive mentors that have uh, you know, giving me that feedback loop. And um, again, we're not just executive mentors. They're, they're, they're now friends. There are people that are very important in my life that if I'm driving home one day on a long drive and I want to dance or I just want to talk, mm-hmm. I can pick up the phone and call them at any time. And I hope that I'm serving the same purpose with people uh, right. who I mentor, uh, which I'm very proud of doing as well.
1: Right. And one of the other things we were talking about along those lines is uh, as we were athletes and, and, you know, we talked about my dad, he would bring folks in like you would come back when you were playing college football. I remember you coming back, talking to us my senior year, but he would bring guys from the military or bring in doctors or bring in lawyers Mm -hmm. or businessmen, but he'd bring in outside voices that would talk about the same things that they talked about, right? So the work ethic, uh, the teamwork, uh, the loyalty, the trust, the communication, but it was an outside voice and it was a different vantage point. How important is that in the business world and how key has that been to the success of the teams that you've been with?
0: Uh, it, it's critical. Uh, I think hearing that journey from outside of your own lens is absolutely uh, uh critical. Uh and you know I I've had the privilege of uh, having different speakers from all different walks of life, um, you know, folks from the military. Um you know folks from the medical field all the you know, people that write books um uh, it's just it's just been tremendous just following the journey and what's interesting now is if you fast forward to, you know, the last 10 years and all the innovations that have taken place in technology um it, it's just been fascinating to see, you know, some of these folks are you know, fresh out of college and, you know, they are making, coming up with all these startups and, you know, selling them and make, becoming billionaires overnight. And, you know, hearing those journeys and having that outside voice, you know, it's funny because it's, they're not doing anything any differently than what people have done in the past. You know, I was, they're, they're taking older steps. They're believing in themselves and, you know, they have a vision on on things that, uh, they want to see in the business world, and it's it's helped us because it helps us to put things in perspective. Sometimes we get, you know, organizations like Saint and some of the other bigger banks. You get so big that you, you know, and you have such a captive um, relationship with clients that you may miss opportunities to be as nimble as you want to in, in our space, and that's what allows others to come in and. You know, the fintechs of the world, you know, to come in and come up with creative, these sexy, sweet products that are really more disruptive than anything, whether they're mm-hmm. sustainable or not, you never know. But uh, you know, that's 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 where the outside voice, I think, really lends itself to to, to us uh, in that we we um, we hear it from a different vantage point that you wouldn't necessarily think about if you're hearing it from somebody internally.
1: Well, this, this has been great. I wish we could talk forever. As a matter of fact, I'd love to have you on again uh, in the future down the road. If you could carve out that time, that would be awesome. And before I ask you the last question, where can folks find out more about Claude, LinkedIn, uh, any social media handles you have, and where can they also find out more about Synchrony Bank, whether it be uh, as an employee, as a, as a client, whatever?
0: Uh, well, I'm on LinkedIn, so uh, you, uh, you can find me, Claude. Well, I've got Royster. I think it's at linkedin.com, but you can, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, and, um, as far as synchrony, Synchrony does have a branded website. Uh, you can go to Great. Again, great, great company. Um, doing a lot of things in the community. Um, we're, we're doing a lot of things in the, in the college world and bringing people in for internships and things like that. Um, but, um, you know, certainly, um, the social media is probably the best place,
1: uh, via the websites. Okay. All right. Great. So, Claude, you are still a young man. As a matter of fact, as you sit here and I'm looking at you in your NYU, <laughs> NIU, not NYU, excuse me, NIU. uh yeah. Sure, you look like you can still play a few downs, huh? Oh uh,
0: well, you, you, on, you, you can just see the, you can see the shoulders. You can't see the belly. That's all man. that
1: matters. That's all that matters. All right? <laughs> you could have just said yes for the long. No, yeah. Hey. No. Hey. Me. hey but. But you're not done yet. I mean, you, you're still ascending the corporate ladder. And, and I, I'm going to have a couple of questions tied into the last question. Um, but I, I really, I'm really admire that you have this focus of getting to the executive level and doing it the right way, right? You don't identify who you are with your, with your title. But how challenging is it? And how do you stay so focused on the process of building these relationships with your clients, making a positive impact on your clients as well as your people?
0: Uh, it's, it starts with the corporate vision. It starts with our vision and our responsibilities to our clients. And as long as I share that vision, uh, it really makes it easy for me because I, you know, I, I know the direction that the company is going, and I, I, I believe I know what it, um, what they're looking for in leadership to help get there. Um, now, you know, I still, you know, in my current role, I still have some very specific responsibilities to help the organization i just feel you know given my experience and skill set that you know there's more i'm still hungry there's still more that i feel like i can do there's still more contribution than i can give uh to this organization uh just as they've given back to me so uh it's just it's just a hunger it's just something that when you know i step out on this journey i i see myself sitting at the seat of the table with other executives and leadership. And that's, that's really been my goal. And that's what I'm striving. For.
1: I love that. Claude, this has been awesome. I cannot thank you enough. And and please rate, go to iTunes. If you're not listening to iTunes, get to iTunes rate and, and at this episode, uh, rank this episode. It's very important so we can expand our reach. Claude, we are, we are in 20 countries right now um, no. the athletics and business podcast. It's awesome. I mean, everything is, has been unbelievable, so please do that. You can also find previous episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and of course, the athleticsofbusiness.com, our website for the podcast. To learn more about what we do at the Molitor Group, go to the Group.com. That's M O L I T O R group.com. The And there's information there about the, our executive coaching, our leadership consulting, and corporate training, as well as keynote speaking. Claude, I cannot thank you enough. It has been an absolute blast.
0: Oh, it's been a pleasure, brother. Thank you very much for
1: having me. Appreciate it. We're going to do this again.
0: No doubt. Thank you for listening to The Athletics of Business. Be sure to give us a rating and review so we know how we're doing. For more information about the show, visit theathleticsofbusiness.com. Now, get out there, think, act, and execute at the highest level to unleash your greatness.